Dancer and choreographer Lucy Marinkovich is helping people living with Parkinson's disease to dance in what she hopes will become a pilot programme. Lucy has two Aotearoa-based residencies this year. This project's being worked on as part of her Caroline Plummer Fellowship in Community Dance. She's also the current Castleburg Trust Creative Connections Artist in Residence, which has seen her working with students at a Dunedin primary school. You can find a gallery of photographs of her work on our webpage rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. Well, Lucy's usually based in Wellington, where she's the artistic director of the Borderline Arts Ensemble. I met her at the Castleburg Residence and Brash Studio in Broad Bay, and we started by talking about what she's working on there. My project initially was inspired basically by the location and the geography here and the birds that inhabit it. So I was inspired by the tōrua or the albatross that live out on Tairoa Head and inspired by that experience of, I think, my life so far as an artist, this kind of travelling itinerant creature who has roots but is often away and learning more about the albatross, these incredible creatures who don't hit land for five years after they've taken off and I don't know I just actually sort of felt a real connection to this kind of independent autonomous creature I just thought it was extraordinary and I just um again and as a movement artist the way that they like the mechanics of their movement is phenomenal and mind-blowing and so the more I've learned about that and the way that their their wings move and the incredible span of them I just think there's a real a beautiful relationship there to explore through dance and choreography. So that's where I started. That was the inspiration. And I have done a lot of work in schools with the work I've done with the ballet company and with Footnote Dance Company. And so it's really natural for me to work with children and I love it. It's always really fun and funny and um, surprising the things that come up. So I connected with Broad Bay School and the principal there is um, a former acting graduate from Toy Fakati and he's very interested, very happy to have an artist come on board. So I've been um, working with the school and also developing a separate um, independent professional project alongside. So those two projects kind of um, come under the umbrella of my Castleburg Trust residency um, and they sort of both started from the same place of looking at albatross and oceanic scenes. So with the school kids what I'm doing with them is bringing in my love of performance in the world of theatre and we're making each child is making a miniature theatre out of a cardboard box so at the end of term with me they'll each have their own one minute work of original theatre made out of paper and cardboard um, to kind of get them to play with the materiality of these very basic tools but how magic and whimsy can come out of them so the prototype theatre that I've made has... It's gorgeous, and we had so much fun playing with that. <laughs> like little kids. Yeah. It's um, so low-tech, you know, but it's very, very much of the theatre. People think back to the, even the Victorian era or something like that, or puppet shows. It's that kind of imagination. Yeah. It's no more sophisticated than a Punch and Judy theatre show, um, but <laughs> slightly more PC. Um, <laughs> but no, it has... Um, so I've made a series of cardboard waves that move in and out and kind of concertina from side to side, um, variations on waves that are kind of um, corkscrews that turn with painted white crests of the waves that roll forward so that your eye thinks that they're moving. Made out of um, a noodle. Made, yeah, made out of this, um, <laughs> a, a pool noodle that kids play with at school, um, in the pool at school, and um, then 
variations on kind of fabric that we can move in different ways. So there's a kind of um, there's a like a very basic kind of uh, manipulation that the kids can play with there as well. But the effect of it is really super magical, and they're very traditional and really quite ancient in terms of theatrical practice and design. We were looking at adjectives, weren't we? And I think whimsical was one of the of the ones, and charming. And I think yeah. it absolutely is that. And you're so proud of the night sky you've created from oh, yeah, the some night, LED lights. Yeah, the night, <laughs> the night sky was a bit of a triumph. <laughs> I don't say so myself. <laughs> and I thought you could describe how you are creating it's almost a shadow puppet but the, the effect of the albatross because again that's that's about as lo-fi as you can get yeah so I obviously I sort of wanted to have a little character that kind of um traversed this landscape that I made and um so there was a trip down to spotlight to the millinery department to get some <laughs> feathers and then basically playing with some very simple kind of structures with straws so that the feathers pull up and down and kind of they have this beautiful kind of sense of the wings undulating and they're just very stunning. And then I realised that that wasn't very, as charming and beautiful as that one was, it wasn't very albatross-like. So there was a trip for some more... Um, some sort of straighter, more structural feathers. Because they glide yeah, yes, on those long wings. Yeah, yeah. For the glide. And then also playing with the just simple ideas of little black feathers against a kind of sunset background and how they look like birds and birds in silhouette. I mean, it is their world, it's their environment, and I'm just very lucky to be able to come in and exist in it for a little while. So your professional work that you're creating alongside that, I mean, I've just seen how much work you've done on this. Yes. That's clearly a big chunk of your five weeks has yes. been working on it, Lucy. So what, what, what else are you going to take from this idea of the toro and the sea and the sky? So I was initially thinking that those projects would be more aligned, but actually in my the professional work that I want to develop, I've gone somewhere much more abstract with it. Um, so I have two characters, one inspired by the tōrua, the albatross, and another inspired by the moon. So it's a duet, it's performed by two females, and as I said before, the thing that I'm so connect- I feel very connected to personally and professionally with the albatross is this sense of complete and utter freedom. Yeah, I feel something very profound when I watch them moving with such ease and grace, and I can only imagine what that feels like. So the sense of freedom is kind of in movement has sort of inspired me to go back a little bit and so I've been going into the kind of dance history archives and I've been looking at two of the modern dance pioneers who for me exemplify that feeling of kind of freedom and um, whimsy and grace and movement and that's Isadora Duncan classic but also um, a slightly lesser known but probably actually the woman who really deserves the title pioneer of modern dance an American woman who also lived and worked in Paris a woman called Loie Fuller and so these two women were really at the vanguard of this form which I now practice which I call it contemporary dance but this earlier iteration of modern dance was women really um, exploring their movement and their idea of choreography could kind of diverge from traditional forms and they both have this sense of freedom there are these phenomenal images of Isadora Duncan dancing on the beach and her Grecian style tunics and the sense of um yeah there's something very ethereal in them it's just beautiful I look at the picture and I can feel what she felt and I'd like to create that again through this work and Loie Fuller 
she was a phenomenal woman who actually created many patents for stage design and theatrical design. A recent book is coming out about her collaboration with Marie Curie, and she re- phenomenal in terms of science and art. And she was an early performer at the Folie Bergère in Paris, and her movement was that she performed in these gigantic silk gowns, and inside the gown she would have these um, long rods which would extend her arms up and so the effect of this very very light kind of habitized silk moving uh, words can't describe which is not useful on radio (laughs) but truly just like clouds or wisps of smoke and she would light her costumes in these phenomenal ways so she would create this is what she painted these these amazing kind of stage mechanisms where she was being lit from beneath so that as the colored would change through her white gown she would look like anything she wanted it's this dance is now very famous and uh, it's been known as the serpentine dance at the same time you've, you've got the carolyn Plummer fellowship for the university of otago so a big year for you in dunedin yes. and i was reading about your project on on this and that's so so different again but this is something you really care about which is parkinson's and how dance can work to enrich the lives of people with parkinson's I'm not an expert in Parkinson's disease, but I'm a dancer and a choreographer, and my knowledge of the body is simply just useful to people living with the effects and symptoms of Parkinson's disease, so I teach dance class for them. It's um, really, it is so much fun. The class is so much fun. It's largely a seated class, um, but halfway through we will get up and we'll use the back of the chair as a kind of support like you would in a ballet class, but um, really... um, It's more about allowing people who are dealing with the symptoms of Parkinson's disease to experience their body in a different way. And the evocative language that a dance teacher uses when describing movement is very useful for people to be able to kind of move outside of the regular patterns and not just move in a different way, but think about movement in a different way. So some of the actions might be very, very simple, but we'll put them into a context with music and um, in the kind of shared experience where we're dancing together. And it's the effect is just really joyous and also physically can be extremely transformational. So they've known for a very, very long time that dance is useful for people living with Parkinson's disease and the way that music also is. And this class combines that by inviting people into a dance class so they can experience this kind of um, transformation that can occur through thinking about their body in a different way. And, and maybe not fighting it or hating it or resenting it. No, yeah? exactly. I mean, their body is no longer the enemy. It's this wonderful tool for them to be able to move and feel good and recapture, I think, a sense of grace and also artistry. So I think this is what's really beautiful about it is that you know, some of the people I've taught, I was teaching at the at a National Parkinson's New Zealand conference down in Wanaka last weekend, and there were a few men in the room who were sort of Southland farmers who had never done a dance class before in their lives, and, you know, there I had them in my you know, hot little hands for their first ever dance class, and it was beautiful, and the response was so generous and just very, um, very honest and very authentic, and it's a really amazing, as an artist, it's a really amazing thing for me to be involved in because I don't have anybody in my life who has Parkinson's disease. That's actually not why I got excited by this work, but 
we all come from this quite amazing part of the world and I'm part of their community and their mine. So it's nice that I have something that is going to be useful. When you're talking to those with Parkinson's, their carers, those you know who work with them after a class, what do you hear? What do you, what do you learn that it's meant to, to those who take part? Not that, I think the thing that anybody would see is how everybody is smiling and like joyously and generously and talking to one another and you know making their plans for the next class that they're going to come and see one another at there is a sense of community but also a sense something you know they leave standing taller you know and that's really beautiful well, I mean, you really do want it to be useful. So part of, of what you'll be doing over this time is setting up a charitable trust, you were telling me. Yes. So I'm from Wellington. This is where I'm based. But I have this amazing opportunity to live in Dunedin here for six months and set up this class. And so I have been very, very lucky. The two musicians I've worked with so far have been my partner, the composer and saxophonist, Lucy and Johnson, but also the incredible um, Tessa Peterson, who's the first violinist the Dunedin Symphony Orchestra and Tessa also works at the university and she's been playing um, her violin live for our classes and while I'm here I have the six months to trial this, set this up, I'd like to set this up as a charitable trust so that when I go back to Wellington um, we have um, a body there that can help support us if we need to gain funding so that we can set this up in both places, hopefully um, gain some support so that it can really be a part of this community that they know isn't going to be taken away from them because once you start something good you don't want it taken away. Um, so we have these like incredible statistics around what's going to happen with the number of people who are going to be living with Parkinson's in New Zealand in the next 10 to 15 years. We're all living longer um, and so the rate of people who are going to be living with this is just only going to increase. And we know that this is useful and helpful, that dance has these remarkable impacts for people, not just oh, physically, oh, but socially. Uh, I was going to ask you as well. So it's the physical, it's the emotional, it's the social. It's all, all of these things, yeah? Absolutely. It's quite, yeah. I think dance is one of those things that kind of holistically ticks all the boxes for us. So, and that's for anybody, whether you have Parkinson's or not. And however you access dance, or whatever form of dance it is, I'm a contemporary dancer, but... You know, obviously there are so many different forms of dance. More people dance in this country than play rugby. This is something that the nightly news would not tell you. This is part of who we are. We're movers. Our bodies, our systems as mammals are designed for this. And through dance, we connect with other people. We feel like we're part of a community. And when that community feels really strong, it just grows into sort of who we feel we are as a society. I think dancing's great. Everyone should come along. Dancer and choreographer Lucy Marinkovich. Details of the Castleburg Trust Artists and Residents Program are on our webpage. They're looking for uh, potential people for next year, I think.